you know, <laughs> with a Zimmer frame in it. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday. Uh, you know, we're enjoying our Tuesday evening, as usual. This is That Tattoo Show, where you're purple, Andy. you purple, you're purple. Purp. Pod for, I need to figure out what it is in Welsh. Pod for, See, pod for. I'm not sure if I was going to... I was slipping into Welsh then. We're... What a great start. We're your purple Andy Preachers. I'm Paul. Chris Adobe. And he's a Chris. You know, I see I, I can't I can only do the um I can only do the intro in English. I can't do it in Welsh. Um it'll be a while before I can do that, but we will give it a go at some point, or I will. Anyway, hope you're all well on this Sunday morning, enjoying your coffee and your bagels or your donuts or whatever it is you're having for your breakfast. Or Paul. Maybe it's afternoon. Maybe you're having dinner. What? Do you know someone commented on one of our videos every day saying stop interrupting him? And that was about me. Me or you? Me. And I just you interrupted me? Yeah, stop interrupting him. So I have a public <laughs> service announcement. Uh, <coughs> no. <laughs> Quite honestly, if he didn't interrupt me, he wouldn't say anything for the entire show. He has if to stand If you know Paul, yeah, you have to. You are, plus also like I, I explained this to somebody the other day it's the de, you know, the delay as well you have to you know like sometimes when there's like a really fast ride or a fast fucking train you gotta jump on it that's like having a conversation with Paul sometimes you've just gotta fucking jump in and be like whoa let me say something please my favourite description of the way I speak was my mate Tim who played drums in a band that I was in for a long time and he said that listening to me talking was like listening to gravel falling out of a bag <laughs> <laughs> but never mind we digress uh, give Chris a break if honestly if he didn't interrupt me he wouldn't get a word in edgeways anybody that's ever met me in real life knows that it's like a stream of fucking consciousness coming at you it's 100 miles an hour he's got to stand his ground give him a break and he's my mate so I don't care if he interrupts to be, me I was going to say to be fair like you know I, I think it, obviously it, it, that comment comes from the perspective of someone that doesn't know us doesn't know that we're mates doesn't know that this is how we talk it is what it is essentially you've got two grown men who have got both probably got undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> attempting to do a podcast and have a conversation over a period of time and we will always fucking talk over each other you know yeah. it is oh, what well, it is squirrel, it, it, squirrel. You know? exactly and if, if you don't like it you know there are, there are many other podcasts to listen to and watch on YouTube and other platforms but Ours is a really good one, and you know, I, I think it's worth kind of listening to us interrupt each other for the little nuggets, the little nuggets of knowledge that we do. I mean, you know, we could be sitting here like. trying to be cool, like you know, like proper pro terrorists, like hey, Chris, yo, 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 bro, yo, we, yo. I mean, we, we could, I, I be, could doing be going like that, Paul, you know, you know what, <laughs> yo, bro, bro. You know, they got these people, bro, with like cognitive dissonance, bro. But I tattoo with watches on my hands, bro. Uh, they call me Too Who Much knows, Trevor. Man. Do you mean we could be that? Yeah, it could or be any of that, but be... it's not any of that because uh, this is that tattoo show. Uh, with that, you've got some uh, some announcements before we get into the news. Didn't you? You've got some machines arrived, didn't you? Yeah, wait here, two seconds. So first one. Oh, okay, so we've had a few people. We've had a few people contact us, want us to do some reviews, and. Uh, so one of them is Mast. Everybody By is us, actually him means him, not me. I don't do that. Yeah. Reviewing. So we've had a lot of people ask us about this machine in private messages and comments, uh, and it's this one. It's the Mast wireless pen. So we've got that to review, and we've also managed to secure a total of four machines. So we will be doing a giveaway 
uh, at some point, we might do some different giveaways for these. Maybe, like, if we're at a tattoo convention, right? <gasps> we should go to a tattoo convention, hide the machine somewhere, and do a fucking treasure hunt. Oof. <laughs> there we go. Did they, I think they've sent them us in all different colours. So when you get the box, it'll be a surprise as to what colour you got, because I think they're in, available in different colours. We've got this, which is their new battery. I this come through today from, uh, is it like CNC or wireless pen there? So we'll try that out. Obviously, once it's reviewed, we will give this away as well at some point in the future. Just in case you're new to the show, um, because we've had a bunch of new subscribers recently, uh, and I want to talk to you about that in a little bit uh, during the news. Yeah. But um, we this year, and we've been trying to do it for a couple of years, but it's been really difficult um, because people wouldn't send us stuff. But now um, people are starting to send us stuff. And rather than review it, chuck it in a drawer and hoard it like a load of pirates, uh, we're trying to do giveaways, um, hopefully every month on the show, so that we can give stuff away to you guys and you can we can put some good equipment in your hands for free, you know, so. Paul! What? What's in the news? Well, it's funny you should ask what's in the news because there's actually a couple of things in the news. Uh, we've got a couple of AI-related stories, a possibly conspiracy-related uh, story, but more on that in a second. Uh, the first, um, the first uh, piece of news is, and this might be good news for us as artists, um, or artists, uh, a class action has been filed against Stability AI, Mid-Journey and DeviantArt for DMCA violations, right of publicity violations, unlawful competition and breach of TOS, Terms of Service. The lawsuit alleges direct copyright infringement, vicarious copyright infringement related to forgeries, violations of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, or DMCA, violations of class members' rights of publicity, breach of contract related to the DeviantArt terms of service, and various violations of the California's unfair competition laws. So, this is um, a law firm, I guess, I guess on behalf of a bunch of people are bringing this class action lawsuit against uh, the makers of this AI art generating yeah. stuff that we're seeing everywhere on behalf of us as artists. So um, Joseph Severi said, as burgeoning technology continues to change every aspect of the modern world, it's critical that we recognise and protect the rights of artists against unlawful theft and fraud, said Joseph Severi, founder of the Joseph Severi Law Firm, LLP. He continued, this case represents a larger fight pre for preserving ownership rights for all artists and other creators. And the source of that was from prnnewswire.com in case you want to go and take a look at it. What do you reckon to that then? They're going to sue the makers uh, and hopefully Definitely protect Definitely there's a lawsuit coming because like, I've had arguments with people, and not arguments, Like I've just kind of like chuck my comment in on these uh, on these these forums and mid journey and stuff because everyone's like I think people are in this understanding that like they think AI is like actually AI it's like oh yes AI paints it I, I, I would never have thought that AI could paint like that and I'm just like it's not it's like my understanding of AI as we see it. and after we spoke to somebody on our, on our email all it is is they've got a machine learning algorithm that's taken millions of pictures off the internet uh, broke them down into multiple layers of noise, save them and tag them under their certain names, and then when you just type the hash, type your 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 prompts in, 
it'll get those images. And like we, I said to, to Paul before we come on, we done a test today. We just started typing random names in of like celebrities and so on. And we used like a really obscure Welsh, not, not I say he's obscure to a large portion of the world, but you know, a Welsh rugby player. Not in Wales, he's not obscure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you type in just, uh, and it, it's just a random name. We just typed his name into Mid Journey and it came up with some, Bang on pictures. I've like. got to be honest. The things I've noticed about it, I've I've been because um, uh, I've been experimenting with it. Have you noticed that it can't do a couple of things? Like it can't draw both eyes, hands, right? Can't and do it hands. can't do hands either. And like uh, if you if you want anything other than something that looks like it's come from Lord of the Rings, like a still from like a piece of Lord of the Rings concept art, it's actually pretty crap at most of that. Yeah, pretty bang on. Here we go. Yeah. So for me, and we, and we had a look, so we had a look at it on Google. We Googled this guy and you can see where the AI has taken images of, you can see the Google images. And yeah, I seen yeah. a post the other day, there's, is it like a really famous picture and it's called like the Afghan girl? Is, is, is that, am I right in that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like so that. I, know the, yeah. I think I know the picture you mean, yeah. So that, I think that, that specific tag is banned on Mid Journey. Uh, and somebody managed to get around it and they, they managed to get that like that wording in right. And the picture that came up was almost 99% identical yeah. to the original artwork, which to me just shows that it's just copy and pasting well, you see, and I, collaging I think thing, things together. Which I think I mentioned this last work. week, Chris, is that one of the things you've got to understand is that the, like we're not happy about AI, you know, uh, taking our jobs as artists but also the things to remember is the people that actually wrote this code um, they're also not happy about this code being used in the way that it's being used yeah. because they're trying to get to something else you know so this is just yeah. the, the whole point of taking 56 billion images off the internet was not for commercial purposes it was to train this AI to potentially at some point in the future solve nuclear fission or fusion and and, and cure cancer. You know, th these are the kind of jobs yeah. they want it to do. They're not interested in it painting the Mona Lisa. That it's <laughs> like, and so <laughs> yeah. what you've got is you've actually got the people that have been putting the money into the research have gone, hang on a minute, we can make a, f a few quid really quickly out of this. And yeah. so the machine, a, a large portion of the machine learning community are just as unhappy as we are about this because this is not what it's for. And also, the thing to remember is when they scraped the images from the internet, they scraped the best of us and the worst of us. So in that yes. AI's database, it has got some of the vilest stuff that human beings get up to on this planet. And so it's probably not safe for it to be a public database, you know, or publicly no. available. And Do you know what's so, mad as well? I'm, all so, I'm saying is, don't shoot the machine learning people. They're trying to they're trying to get to something much loftier than drawing bloody pictures, you know. So, and so they're just as unhappy as us. It is as ever human greedy fucking humans, you know. Greedy um, hobbits. Just, yeah, greedy suits basically. Bloody so, suits. Middle management. Yeah, no. Like, when you say we're the greed side of things, right? Uh, Reese pointed out to me today. There's there's a, a, an Instagram page now, which I'm assuming used to be like a tattoo page. It's been renamed to something else, and they've literally uh, their their tagline is artist. We specialize in creating unique concept tattoo designs and connect people with best tattooists around the globe. Let's elevate your ink game. And all they've got on there 
or fucking tattoos that they've created using Mid Journey, and yeah. that fucking grips my shit. That does because they're like the the best thing is like. Uh, they come up with some stupid, uh, probably AI-generated caption, right? And then it says, like, design by the insert name of the company team. And it's like, well, it's not by... It should. It, what it should say is, like, design by Midjourney. Not well, Midjourney, yeah. no, There's no designers on there. So, like, I think, I think with this lawsuit, though, what's going to happen is a lot of people that are thinking that they can use AI... To be graphic designers because that's one thing i'm seeing on these forums is like people are like yes i've started doing graphic design now i'm getting very good at using mid-journey it's like when you start using mid-journey for professional stuff and that i think could you be fucking screwed over then if you're using elements of people's images for commercial purposes especially well, yeah, if it's, I mean, it's it's a bit like it's a bit like stealing uh, i don't know putting in awesome logo for car company into google uh finding something and then just ripping it off tracing it yeah. in illustrator or something and then selling it as your own work it's plagiarism it's just plagiarism and theft you know and, and I, you yeah. could be yeah you could be in trouble for it you know i mean even our logo that we use on this channel right was a, a vector that i purchased because i was like i just i want a vector a suitable vector of a of a tattoo machine um and I, like, I was just searching. I found one that was perfect, so I just bought it. And I just licensed I it. I am in shock. I thought you designed that yourself. I am disappointed now, Paul. I'm a graphic designer. If somebody's <laughs> already done it, I'll just, I'll, I'll buy it and use that, you know. But as long as I've paid for it, it's all good, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I paid for it. I could have just took the, the, the thumbnail, put it into Illustrator and traced it, but then that would have been theft. Yeah. And I believe in paying people for the work they've done. If I'm going to use it as, as part of a logo and part of an ID for a brand, then I've got no problem with paying a few quid for it. It's fine. It didn't cost exactly. me a lot of money. It's fine. You know, and it's tax exactly. deductible, so it didn't matter. You know, anyway, what's the next thing, Chris? You've got a bit of news now. So, yeah, uh, in an ironic twist as well, I don't know if you've seen this, there is a illustrator has been banned from a Reddit forum and that, I'm just get the article up here. <laughs> he was banned from Reddit forum for posting art that looked too much like an AI generated image. So, so he's been the banned for copying AI. <laughs> Cheeky bastards. Uh, on December the 27th, Ben Morgan, a digital illustrator based in Vietnam, posted their first artwork titled Amuse in Warzone on the subreddit art on the social news site, blah, blah, blah. However, the artist would find their artwork removed from the forum for violating a strict policy and not sharing AI art, followed by a ban from the 22 million strong community. Um, the catch, Moran's work was not AI generated, rather it was actually part of a commission received by their studio, Cart Studio, where Morgan serves as lead artist. Uh, so for this particular illustration, um, it was intended to be a book cover. He used Photoshop yeah. to rework an earlier draft created by a colleague, uh, and he said it's like fixing the image and rendering it at the same time. Uh, so yeah, they said the artwork eventually took about a month to complete. Uh, and as they said, the illustration was deemed to be the work of an algorithm naturally shocked Morgan, not because my artwork is being compared to AI art, they told the news. Um, he was yeah. stunned because of the response, and they said it really hurts him to receive those words as an artist. That's fucking wild. Because what they said to him, this is the comment that hurts his feelings, and I'd, I'd be really hurt. They said, if you are really are a serious, air quotes, artist, 
then you need to find a different style because A, oh, I just got no to that, one yeah. is going to believe when you say it's not AI and B, the AI can do a better job in seconds than what than you might take hours. I mean, fucking cheeky bastards. AI, it can't do because AI can't do fucking hands. No, it can't do hands in two eyes. Yeah, and then they, they've muted him by the moderator and restricted him for come from contacting them for 30 days. And that's from Artnet, in case you want to take, go and take a look. You know, just chuck that into Google and you'll find it. It says in the article that he even offered to provide, ed, ed, you know, evidence of his work, uh, as such as a layered PSD file, and they weren't interested. They just decided, no, it looks too much like AI, and uh, and and banned him. Reddit is just full of fucking keyboard warriors who are moderate, like, this, because they're moderators, they think they're fucking above everyone. It's like... <laughs> Well, I'm gonna fucking ban you because I'm a fucking moderator on my fucking Reddit. I don't really get that Reddit thing. Did anybody there out there use it? Do you use? Do you use Reddit? I mean, I don't get it. I don't really get Reddit. I gotta be honest. Reddit is a place where people who think they know more than other people go to fucking show off who's got the biggest cock, like, and 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 basically be over opinionated and be like, well, you've been to Tenerife, I've been to Elevenerife, and then you got some guy on the corner who's like, yeah. well, I'll have you know that I went to Fourteenerife in Dimension Five Two One. Uh, and I flew there yeah. on my spaceboat. Doesn't sound like the kind of place I'd want to hang out. To yeah, be honest with you. it's just it's, uh, in a nutshell, it's like a place full of cunts <laughs> with the occasional tidy person. <laughs> I could be wrong. That is my own personal opinion. So don't if don't, don't send it. me another cease and desist letter, I read it like we're not. No, never mind. Right, and then finally in the news. Now this is a little bit off the topic of art, but um, it does lead us onto something that I want to chat to you. Uh, the College of Psychologists of Ontario to Jordan Peterson, uh, undergo re-education or lose your licence. So, Dr. That's Jordan Peterson, who you may or may not have heard of, um, I'd be surprised if you hadn't heard of him, uh, entered the public stage in 2016 when he released a YouTube video asserting that freedom of speech is under threat by the Canadian government via vague and poorly written laws, including Bill C-16, meant to combat discrimination. Ever since, he has been professionally targeted for his political dissonance. So he's a dissident. He's, um, he's, he's critical of the Canadian government and he's been critical of the Canadian government in various tweets. I've got to be honest, he's a very famous chap. Uh, he's got a very specific set of views. He's a very intelligent guy. Um, he's oh, he's clinical, not a so man, is he? Clinical psychologist that taught other clinical psychologists at Harvard. So he's no fucking dummy, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't agree with everything he has to say, but he, because he does have quite a spiky point of view on some things, but... He's got a point of view and freedom of speech should allow him to, you know, talk about the stuff that he believes in, right? So, the, yeah, yeah. so they've decided to sanction him and the sanctions appear to be part of a larger uh, effort to infuse DEI into every aspect of the psychology profession in Canada. The College of Psychologists is a group of faculty, professionals and government-appointed representatives who are incorporating the politically progressive values of diversity, equity and inclusion into every aspect of their operations. So basically what's happened, these, some of these government-appointed representatives, which is important to note, um, and the source of that is the fire.org, in case you want to go and take a look, have decided that Mr. Peterson 
has, uh, in order to keep his clinical psychology license, has got to undergo state-mandated re-education to teach him how to speak nicely on Twitter. Now, the first thing I want to say to you, Chris, is if I said to you that I'd, I'd said something mean on Twitter and um, I'd got to go on state-mandated uh, you know, re-education, uh, and I said to you that I lived in North Korea or communist China, or Nazi Germany, you know, old Nazis, they're not Nazis now, I mean, you know, back when Hitler was in or charge. Or Russia. Or, the, or, not Russia, but the USSR, you know, communist Russia. Um, you would might be inclined to go, well, that's the kind of things that I think those regimes would be guilty of. Now, if yeah. I said to you, no, 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 I've got to do that in Canada in the 21st century, in order to keep my license and my job, um, I've got to go on a, gov- a, a state-mandated re-education programme to teach me how to speak the same as the people who decide how everyone should speak. Like, that that sounds pretty fucking frightening to me, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? Cons- yeah, conspiracy fucking hat on beer, right? And I, I don't want to use this person's name, but we are going to use his name. It's like that fucking, that because I, I don't really like this person, but that Andrew Tate guy, yeah. the one who's been locked up for 30 days, like, he keeps going on about, like, the Matrix. And but oh, and and to me, it's like the Matrix is like, you know, the governments and the people that want to keep everybody in line and in check. And like, if you want to go down that fucking avenue, right, it's like the Matrix is coming after Jordan Peterson because he's stepping outside of yeah. the norm and saying what he wants and, and, and saying he's not even he's not even saying what he wants. He's saying a lot of the stuff that he's saying is it's 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 just common sense. It's yeah. factual. Like I've sat there, I've had conversations with some of my clients who were trans about about some of the topics, right? And some of the stuff that they they agree with some of the stuff that he says. Yeah, just not all, right? Oh, but that's the whole point of freedom just of speech and, and being able to express an opinion, right? What's supposed to happen is a discourse. Now it's funny because you've teed me up perfectly for something that I want to talk about, and that's conspiracy theories, right? Because um, there are a number of conspiracy theorists. Uh, like talking about what's going on with this Jordan Peterson thing and that actually it's because he is a dissident talking against the government and that what is actually happening is that governments around the world are possibly hijacking woke culture and actually using it as a version of fascism to silence their critics. To use it to push an, right? ad- to push an agenda yeah. as well. So, But what I, what I did want to talk to you about, if you follow us on Instagram... By the time you're watching this, we'll have asked a bunch of questions about old features that we used to have on the show. One of them was conspiracy theories. Now, because we've had a a bunch of new viewers and new listeners recently, I wanted to mention this because the conspiracy theories section, the tinfoil hat section of the show... Oh, we're going to get the tinfoil hats out again. It was quite a popular part of the show in the early days. We were in a lockdown and there was a lot of conspiracy theories floating about. So we talked about them quite a bit. I've got to be honest, after... Uh, I uh, read the Magna Carta and attempted to help a bunch of people to who turned out to be the free men on the land movement who still have a hit out on me. I actually think I survived an assassination attempt when I yeah, moved into you, home, you, but that's a whole different story. Um, you, 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 you can't consent. To, just well, don't consent. I, I don't, to, you'll I, be fine. Yeah, well, that's. I think that's the problem is because I don't consent. I don't, but what I, I wanted consent. to ask you, uh, first of all, if you. Uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, head over to the Instagram and uh, and follow us there, please. And you can see some of the stuff that we're talking about. 
If you would like us to bring back the tinfoil hats, right? Comment down below and just go tinfoil hats. Yes. Yes. And, and we'll know. If you want to, and if you if you weren't here in the early days and saw the tinfoil hats, either go onto Instagram and see Chris wearing what is quite possibly the most epic tinfoil hat that's ever been made in the history of mankind. Uh, or go back to one of the very, very early versions of the show and you will you will see us wearing tinfoil hats and talking about conspiracy theories. Did you enjoy that feature? Would you like us to bring it back is the question. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Wait, wait, wait till you see what I've got planned <laughs> for my fucking, for the, like, for the, for the, my conspiracy fucking episode. It's going to be banging, like. Yeah, so we're just, we're just talking about, we were talking about this the other day and there were a couple of features of the show that we've dropped as we've gone along and we, we try and keep the show. Yeah. Uh, solely on tattooing and drill down into that. But I know you guys, like you guys are into music and other things like conspiracies and stuff like that. And so if you think that it would be an interesting feature of the show, comment down below and We'll see what we can do. We maybe won't do it every week. Maybe we'll do it, you know, every now and again as something interesting like this comes up, you know. Oh, it's a special occasion. Yeah, yeah special occasion. Does the, uh, you know, does the matrix exist, exist and are we in a 4D simulation of the actual world? And that's basically it for the news. Okay, okay. So the first one is from at Picket Pride 6980 and that is I've been tattooing for a few months now as a lefty it could be truly frustrating my left hand did my left hand causes shadows and blocks my view of the stencils it's been quite a learning experience I read that out to Therese and I was just like the instant the first thing I thought about that right was like put your lamp on the other side yeah well see now, now this is what I was going to say right because I but think, I'm not left handed no so. see I think this is a common thing that people do that you put your you put your bed out you put your station where it is, and then you put your light right next to your station. But what a lot of people, if you've only been tattooing for a few months, one of the things that um, you you don't tend to do, because you do it so that it all looks nice aesthetically, right? But actually, as particularly as a lefty, so you've got your machine in your left hand, your, your light should be on the right-hand side of you, shining down towards your left hand. You know? and, if, and similarly, if you're new to this and you're right-handed, you're light should be on the left-hand side of you. Uh, I think this yeah. is maybe more common for left-handers because we tend to be given right-handed booths to work in. <laughs> People forget that we need everything on the other side of the booth, right? And we don't move mm. stuff. So uh, if you're blocking, you're you know, creating shadows, then uh, one of the things I would, I would say to you is look at where your light source is coming from and make sure that your light is on the right-hand side of you and preferably... Yeah not in front of you, but behind you. Because one of the, the things that we do as left-handers, let me get a machine. To me, like, I'm not left-handed, but I was like looking at it from a right-handed perspective. I was like, if I'm tattooing a design and I'm right-handed, I will work from right to left, yep. right? Because if I work from left to right, I'm going to have the yep. same problem of blocking my stencil as if yep. I was a left-handed person. So <clears> in my head, well, I, I would work from thing, left see. to right. But we're taught as left-handers, we're taught to go left to right. But because generally the person teaching us is right-handed. If you're left-handed, you tattoo from your left across to your right. Yeah. If you're right-handed, so yeah. that, that, that's me just thinking yeah. like, I'm not left-handed, but like if I was to flip the way I tattoo. So what I mean is, um, we're, we're generally taught the right-handed way. So if you're if you're holding it with your right, mm. and you would go from the bottom yeah, right-hand corner right to, to the left. top left. We're taught to do that. But of course, if we do that, we're just covering all the artwork, right? 
So here's the thing, you have to make sure you're you're flipping everything you're being told, particularly if you've got a right-handed mentor, because they very, very often forget. I did, I worked in a right-handed booth for years. Um, and I, in fact, I still do, because I've done it for so long now, I'm actually more comfortable in a right-handed booth, bizarrely. Um, so here's, here's the other thing, right? In my ob observations of the right-handed people, I've noticed that right-handed people tend to do tattoos like that, right? So they hold the machine and like, like you would a pen. The difference is for us as left-handed people, right, is that we tend to invert the machine like this and work backwards, right? Because we're all we're all wired up back to front. So if your light source is over here, right, it's gonna no, it's gonna cast a shadow down this way. So your light source needs to be to your right and behind you if possible shining down on the artwork particularly if you're because these days i tend to tattoo from below because i've 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 just kind of got used to doing it but in the early days i definitely tattooed like hooked over like this so get your light source here so that if if the microphone is the thing that i'm tattooing lot then that's where my light source would be so that i can i can do this right so the where my light is coming from is coming in from there okay yeah. I do a mixer. So like like depending yeah. around. So like I'll oh, let me show you. Yeah. So like I'll I'll do like that. Do you mean I'll be like like this? But then sometimes I'll do it like that as well. So it depends where I am. Because I, I, I do it so I try not to block any of the sensor. And that's what I'm saying. Like if I was left-handed, I'd I'd do it the same. Do you mean I do it the same way? Because like being left-handed, your hands should be able to fucking do the same positions as my hands. But what happens is when you're learning to write, like because um, yeah. writing travels from left to right, doesn't it? So we go along, you know, for you. So the thing that you're writing, you're not covering or smudging, but left-handed people, particularly if you're working with ink pens, oh, so that's as what you, you do this, hook over. you smudge it all with the back of your hand. So left-handed people, that's, what, that's why we do the hook over thing, right? So of course you get comfortable drawing this way, so then, so then, of course, when you come to tattooing, you you can only draw upside down, basically. So that means that if you've got a light source over here, you've got nothing but shadows. So you need your light in this area of the world, really. Yeah, That's yeah. why, actually, for left-handed people, uh, a head torch is brilliant because, like, like the, that's the normally that's when I've got the best. Oh, I can't wear a head torch. Then I mean, you look a bit of a tool when you when you're doing it. But to be fair, it really works because the light is exactly where you are. You end up with a big square on your head where it cuts a dent into your head. But that's that's what you that's what your problem is is your you know. And remember, if somebody's teaching you or if you're learning online, nine out of ten of those people are going to be. Yeah right-handed people so all the vice, advice is going to be right-handed so you have to invert everything basically so that's so that's the best I, advice i can give you if that helps you out comment down below uh, and if you're still having trouble comment again and if i see it i'll pick it up in the faq show and i'll go into it in a bit more depth i'll sit in my booth and film a bit of tattooing and show you what i mean i think yeah i did i think that would be a good idea actually just like showing people how you tattoo from like maybe um your perspective, if just if that makes sense, like yeah, honestly, it's like, like for right-handed people, they just go, it's just the other hand, and you go, dude, it's not. The struggle is real. It's fucking hard work. It's really yeah. hard work. Honestly, it just it really is. It is hard work. But anyway, so we got another question. Um, so this is from the Secrets of Sp Spirituality eight three five four. Uh, could we maybe get a couple of words on sitting position? Should you sit comfortable or do whatever is needed for the perfect line? 
I have a I have, I have a really good fucking answer for this, right? Cool. And and it, it, so because obviously in my shop you've got three artists, right? Uh, Nipper has been tattooing for thirty five years. He's in his fifties, right? Um, he so you got myself and Reese, and we are of, we have always been of that attitude of like we've got to get that fucking crispy line hunched over. You know, just yeah. really fucking hunched over, not giving a fuck about our posture and stuff like that. And you got Nipper is like he sits in the certain way. He's like he bends the customers to the positions that he wants. He's like the customers are uncomfortable for a, for a few seconds or a few minutes or whatever while he tattoos. And the massive difference between those two attitudes is he's in his fifties. He has no back problems. His neck is not fucked. I'm thirty eight. My neck is fucked. My back is fucked. Reese is like 26, 27, I think. His neck is fucked. His back is fucked. Yeah. I would I would say, knowing what I know now, you're still going to get that fucking crispy fucking line. If you sit properly, you just got to learn how to position your clients to a way that they come to you. So if it means having a, a tidy bed that raises right the way up so they can lie down and that arm is right by there, right by your face, yeah. do that. Like do I've that. invested in a fucking better armrest so I can lean on it to help with my back yeah. but 100% as a tattoo artist your back and the way you sit that should be like above everything else like that that's like one of the most important things 100% I 100% agree with everything Chris said I've got nothing to add to that except for um, your I, I didn't realise this until very, very recently. And the, and the fact I'm, I've actually been talking um, to Jono at Barber about it because I want to do a review of this particular product. For Christmas this year, I bought my daughter uh, a Tatsol artist chair. Uh, and I've always looked at them and gone, man, you know, they're kind of expensive, right? You know, and now she's 21 and her back's hurting, right? So for Christmas, I got her this, uh, this artist chair. Uh, it's the Oros artist chair, yeah. right? I'm going to fucking buy one, right? The features of this chair are so good, right? I honestly, and I, I wouldn't, you know me, I wouldn't say game changer about anything. I genuinely think this chair is the greatest thing I've ever seen for a tattoo artist. The features yeah. of this chair, there's a couple of features on this chair that are so good. One of my favourite, absolute favourite things about this chair is that the actual pad that you sit on, you can set it so that it rocks like a like a seesaw. So yeah. when you lean forward, the whole pad leans forward with you. Now you might think, well, I don't need to, I can just sit on the edge of the chair. I'm telling you, right? Honestly, I sat in this chair and was like, oh my God, I've got to have one of these things. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's honestly, it's fantastic. And I don't, I don't rave, you know me, I don't rave about nothing, right? This is a good bit of kit, seriously. I mean, they're expensive, but honestly, if you're sitting on it all day, they're well worth it. Seriously, well worth it. I hate it when people say that. Like, obviously, it may be different in the UK, but I see a lot of American artists going, oh, yeah, like, you know, $400 is expensive, $1,000 is expensive. Like, there's a lot of artists out there that they charge so much money that that is not really that much. And it's a tool that pays for itself. It's like one of... and. and one thing I've noticed, a lot of the older tattooists now that I've looked up to, and a lot of them over the past fucking 10 years have all ended up having fucking spinal fusion surgery on their necks because their necks are fucked. So you got to ask yourself two questions. Do you want to spend four, five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars on a fucking tidy chair? Or do you want to have spinal fusion surgery on your neck and be fucked? It's not expensive. 
it's got a larger upfront cost because if you if you spread that out over how long you will use that for, like for instance, we were talking about this the other day, like I've got a Tatsol 370S, right? I've got three of them in the shop, right? I've had mine for 10 years and it's just getting to the point now where I could probably do with a new set of pads on it, which is something I'm going to I'm gonna buy for it, right? Um, but it cost me, I don't know, I think they were about 850 quid when I bought them, right? So I've paid, for the last 10 years, I've paid £85 a year for that bed. Pay yourself. No, so what kind of bed would you get for £85 each year? Do you know what I mean? And th- and this thing, it's it has saved my back. It's it's a joy to work with. It's really easy to get on with. And so I think, yes, okay, the upfront cost is higher, but when you compare it to the 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 quality of the tattoos, you'll do a bit better because you can concentrate better when when it's you're working well. And I really do think uh, I've never really thought about the artist chair. Every single one of us in the shop has got an artist chair. Yeah, seriously, they're great. <clears throat> I've never really like thought about it until the other day. I saw this one that I bought for Beth and I was like, dude, I'm totally getting one. I'm totally getting one. Like, yeah, I, I think I'd probably do a new one. Mine's starting to the, I've I've had mine for a few years now. Like, it'd probably last a little bit longer, like, but I just like the, I like the newer one. It's a little bit slimmer. I've got the one with a big fat fucking base on it and like, I've had to spin mine around because I think they've changed the design slightly, but like, I've had, yeah. I spin mine around and have it lean forward because like, I've noticed... Like, because my back is fucked from tattooing and I've had two car crashes, I've got, like, a lot of scar tissue in my lower back. So, like, my, if I sit, if I don't have it tilted forward, my fucking hip just goes fully out of place and really fucks funny. me. And that's where you've got actually, it really... We've, we've drifted uh, from the question of the week. Actually, we're already into this week's topic because what I wanted to talk about this week, on the back of those two questions that we've had, um, what I wanted to talk to you about was the most important tattoo gear that you never think about. And actually, the tattoo artist chair is the first of those that I wanted to discuss was, and we've already discussed it, so we'll move on to the second thing. But seriously, think about the thing that you're sitting on. If you're sitting on a suitcase or a, a crappy stool or something, you're going to be sitting there for four hours, five hours, six hours, ten hours. You, I mean, you know, the damage that you're doing to yourself over the over the years is, yeah. like Chris is saying, do you want you want to get spinal surgery or do you want to buy, a you know, like a really nice tattoo chair? Really seriously consider it, you know. And honestly, based on the ones that I've seen, uh, the, the uh, Tatsoul RS, Oris, 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 Artist Chair. It's a stunner. It's an it's an absolute stunner. I, I might change the wheels because it's got them scary fast skateboard wheels that I bruise my arsehole using. So I might have to slow the wheels down a bit. I might have to get some slow wheels on it. And the other one that the, the other one that came to my mind that you never think about the, the important tattoo gear, uh, and it's something that we think about a lot for filming this show. To be honest with you, is your tattoo light, your tattoo lighting. Oh, lighting is it? You know, what do you use for lighting your um, lighting for work? What he's grabbing is, I'll tell you the one that I use. I actually use uh, a photography uh, ring light. So a circular ring light. Uh, I can change the temperature of it because I find that uh, early in the morning, I don't mind uh, blue light, so really, really white light. But as as I go through the day, I like the... Um, I like the lights to, to warm up a little bit, I, so I, I can warm the lights up towards the end of the tattoo session when my I'm struggling, you know, I'm straight, my, my eyes are getting a bit strained and stuff, and it, it reduces the eye strain towards the end of the day for me. What it is, it's got a heavy base, 
It's got a nice bright fluorescent fucking light. So that's one that I use. It's got a really nice bright light. It's compact yep. to a degree. But yeah, the other one I use, I've got, I've got a ring light as well. Yeah. But I, the ring light's quite big, isn't it? So I've only got the ring light because yeah. with that being a fluorescent bulb, you have that issue of like, you know, when you're trying to film a certain frame rates, you, you get the flicker in. So I've got, I like, for me, I use the ring light just because of the, the so the filming. So if I'm filming, I'll use the ring light. If I'm not filming, I'll use that one. I think what we're saying is we use two different kinds of lights, a more distant light source and a close light source. So... I use the ring light most of the time for me personally because I find that that's I want I don't really want spotlighty type stuff because I, I like generally I just like to flood the area with a bit of light and and keep it in in the area that I'm working. But if I uh, if I wanted something that was uh, more spotlighty to highlight the work that I'm working on, quite honestly, because I'm left-handed uh, and because I I struggle with that sort of stuff, I use a head torch. You know, and I use a Petzl head torch. He's laying. He's, he's fucking laying. He, he what he does, right? He gets his he gets his unpaid apprentice to stand there, <laughs> right? He has a battery pack <laughs> strapped to his waist, and he's holding the ring light, and he just moves as Paul's head is moving. He he does this. Yeah, that's his job. Because like, you know, yeah, that's that's, that's why that's yeah, you know. You could, and, and the lesson from that is like always make sure that your tattoos are well lit. Like it's uh, it's character building, apparently. You know, <laughs> carry on taking the piss out of my apprentice. I don't treat my apprentices that badly. I treat them very well. Yeah. So the other one I want to talk to you about, uh, the, the, the you know tattoo gear that you never think about, your tattoo station. Okay. So I've got an interesting one, beer. So I've I've always used like the Halford workstations. Yeah. And. When I was going to open up, before I bought into this business, I was going to leave, I don't know, you know the story, I've heard we've told it a lot many times, but people don't know, I weren't happy here originally, I was going to leave and open my own shop, I bought all my stuff, and I actually invested, I spent a thousand pound on a meta workstation with a stainless steel worktop, a lot, like, and I do not regret it at all. No. I think it's probably one of the best purchases I, I've bought because it's got all the drawers and stuff like that, but it's got like a yeah. really good quality stainless steel worktop. But one thing that obviously I've learned over the past few years in regards to like infection prevention and control procedures and stuff like that is like we should realistically have like two workstations. So yeah. I think like, obviously you don't want to spend like two grand, but you know, you want to have like your workstation. So like your main workstation, which would be like for me, my meta workstation and then another workstation on the other side. So then you've got that process. You've got all your clean stuff uncontaminated stuff stays on your, your, your left side or depending if you're left handed, right. And so if you right handed like me, all your clean stuff will stay on your workstation on your left hand side and all your contaminated yeah. stuff goes on the right hand side that way yeah you, you you've got that nice kind of chain of you know yeah. infection and control going through like so yeah uh, two workstations I, so, so the way I the way I do that um, my clean area which is is never touched once I start setting uh, with you know uh, with my gloves on and all that sort of stuff is a series of shelves behind my uh, stuff so that's where I store my needles you know my clean machine and all that sort of stuff and then my entire workstation my workstation is a Marshall 4x12 it's a long story I've always used one it just happens to be the right height I didn't have a money for a proper workstation I just got so used to using it uh, so everything at the end of the session that's on that that's on that station any paper towels that are used uh, that are there they're used for cleaning at the end of the um, at the end of the day you know what I mean because I don't put them back with a stack of paper towels and all that sort of stuff because there is a small risk of you know aerosol contamination and stuff like that so I use them for cleaning down 
my work area afterwards with a you know medical disinfectant and all that sort of stuff. We will be doing an episode on um, cleaning and inf- in infection prevention and control and zonal pathogen control because we do need to get into that because I, I do think there's a bit of misinformation on the internet oh, there's about so how much. all that works. We'll do a bit of fact-checking first. Um, we've both been looking into some various stuff. We've both got a few bugbears about a few things that we really want to talk about, a few elephants in the room and all that sort of stuff. So that will be coming up in a future episode. Um, so that's your station. Um, another good thing, if you you know, if you don't have you know series of drawers or shelves or anything like that, and you have got a workstation, another way to do it is keep the workstation the clean area, and then have one of those little metal trays on an arm, yeah, you know, for your inks and everything. That that works, and that's really nice because you can have your workstation out the way with your stuff on, and then you can bring the stuff that you like actually a meal need tree, right isn't to the it? tattoo. Yeah, it's like a little metal tray and you can disinfect that at the end of it. You know, if you've got a big enough autoclave and it's a small enough tray, you can probably clave it as well. Um, don't forget to cavitate it before you do that, you know. And if you don't know what that is, then I'll be telling you about that in a couple of weeks. Trygene, man. Uh, and Yeah, trygene and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about cleaning in, in a, a future episode. So that's the station. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is... And it's not really gear that you don't think about, but it kind of relates to all this gear that we've been talking about, is the ergonomics of your station. Yeah. That nobody... I think when you start tattooing, you don't really think about this, of like um, keeping everything within arm's length everywhere you go so that you can get to everything without leaning or having to duck down under stuff. You know, know, it's fine... If you're 19 or 20 and your back's in good shape, but in a couple of years' time, you're going to start really feeling that if you're yeah. leaning over stuff to get to things, <coughs> excuse me, or or having to crawl under stuff, or you're just reaching too far to get to your ink all the time. You know, um, the other the other thing about ergonomics that I think is really important is we. It doesn't matter which arm you tattoo with, right? We've got. T- two that we use. We use one for our tattoo machine and one for stretching. When you're sitting tattooing, if you're sitting tattooing like this, like you are holding both of your arms in a stress position for hours on end. That's why your shoulders and neck are hurting, right? So that's why you want wherever possible to be able to get your arms down so that you can do that. That's why uh, a couple of weeks ago, Chris was showing off um, those arm really rests big arm rests, right? I got one of them. It turned up the other day. Oh, They're wicked. Awesome, They're right? good, They're isn't it? They're fucking reason. Because you can put a whole limb on it and you've got room either side to put your arms and then now you're taking all the stress. You don't, you don't realise until you're doing it how heavy an arm actually is. You know, yeah. these are quite, they're quite heavy things. It's an instant improvement, isn't it? In, in, if you're hanging them in space for hours and hours on end, you're going to really hurt yourself. So, you know, you get these armrests where the, the pad is like A5 or something. It's just it's just not big enough. Yeah. You know? I mean, it might be okay for travelling, but to be honest with you, you know, and if and if you run if you want to use a really small armrest, then what I would do is get one with a, a platform underneath it for you to put your feet on, and you can raise your feet up so that you can get get your elbows down on your legs, and then you can you can brace yourself because this is why you're getting if you're getting all the problems in the back of your neck and in the traps of your shoulders and all that. That's what's causing it. It's holding your fucking arms up all day. You've got to really think about this, particularly when you're starting out, and even all the way through, because you know we do slip into bad habits and stuff. Particularly, yeah. I found when I started going and doing lots of conventions. 
um, I found myself going, oh, I'll just sit on my suitcase. I'll just, I'll do that. And then you find yourself sitting on a suitcase in the convention, hunched over with your, your, <laughs> your ink is like further than arm's reach away. You need to be a little bit OCD about your setup and get it right before you start tattooing and then don't move nothing. Just and like economy of motion and all that sort of stuff. It's why... You know, in your car, it's why the gear knob, depending on which part of the world you're in, <laughs> it's, it's why it's, it's like here, it's not like up there on the roof somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that, that's why all that stuff is on, on, you know, on the steering wheel so that you don't have to be leaning and moving around because it's ergonomically a nightmare. Yeah. So think about that as well. You know, and that's the most important tattoo gear that you never think about. You got the other stuff from the list. No, like what iPad holders. Yes. So they, like I have like one that I bolt onto my light stand and things like that so or like we can have an individual one that's that's one thing that like a lot of people don't think about i've got a laptop stand that's that's on a that's on a mic stand bolted to the back of my 412 so that there's a second tier with the laptop sitting on it you know and that, and that's really useful because like you don't want it in, a, in an area do you you don't want like say if you're tattooing there like nipper used to do this all the time right and this was fucking used to grip my shit he would like he would be say say you're the person i'm tattooing right and he'd be sitting here, he'd be tattooing, but his yeah. reference is on an iPad there, and he'd be like, yeah. and I just literally was like, why don't you just move the fucking tray to be there? So like, if I'm tattooing, I like to, if I'm using a printout, I'll, I'll, I'll sellotape it, like if I'm doing a forearm, yeah. I'll sellotape it either side of the armrest now, because I've got a massive armrest, but if it's like, you know, like on a stand, say like, if you're there, I'm tattooing you, my, my reference is there, and I'm just like... When you're sitting in your car, you don't have your mirrors set so that you have to do this when you're moving, right? So don't set your reference like that. You have the mirrors set in the car or on your motorbike or whatever so that you just move your eyes like that. So when you're tattooing, you only really want to just be moving your eyes to the reference and back. The more you have to move it, the, the more you're changing the focus. And actually, that, that change of focus is straining your eyes and give yourself a headache, you know, so don't do that. And so, with that, guys, I hope this has uh, been a bit of food for thoughts. So you've had a bit of information, caught up on the news for the week, and listened to us ramble for about half an hour. Uh, have a lovely rest of your Sunday. Enjoy. Uh, this has been That Tattoo Show. We've been the Purple Andy Preachers. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. And don't forget, like, subscribe, comment, tell the judge, tell the lawyer, tell the priest, tell your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. We'll be here every week. And tell know? Jordan and, Peterson. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Take right, care. Bye, bye. Bye.